Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo!
Japan's offices in San Francisco. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the first show of the year. What the、yes. is it? I don't even have my, is it? my clock with me. January 8th, 2015. Thank you very much for joining us once again for another year of great shows. I'm your host, Jose Otero, joined by Brian Altano. Bring in the new year. Damn I right.、That. I miss you guys. I miss I you like, too. Even after this time, the brapping still startles him. It's like he's, he's got this whole flow. Then you go brap and he goes, okay. There's a moment where he's like, <laughs> I can't handle cartoon gun I grew sounds. I'm in the Bronx and gun sounds did make me jump. <laughs> That's all I have to tell you. Also joining us this week, Pear Schneider. Welcome back. Hi, Jose Otero. I hope you guys had a really good break. I know I did or I tried to. It was okay. A lot of relaxing, a lot of. Playing、uh, Majora's Mask,、uh, Destiny, Wait, things like that. Oh, the original N64 the original game. Yeah, N64 that's right. Jam.、Oh, he's、yes. not that. He's not that cool. He's、I、connected, but he's not that connected. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, everyone jumped to that. So you played the 3D one? No, I didn't. All right. So let's first of all pick up with.、Uh, so we had part one of our sort of year in review for 2014.、Mm-hmm. I would like to close that out. With this first segment of the show.、Um, first of all, we missed a game. We missed a very, very important game. And、What? people were reaching out to me. Bravely Default. We missed talking about it last,、uh, last oh episode. Oh my God, that's because it came out so early. Yeah, it came yeah. out early in the、mm-hmm. year. And also, it was already reviewed by、yeah. UK、ah. the, at the end of the year prior. So we apologize if you were part of the Bravely, Defen-、uh, Defe- Bravely Defense Force. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, we apologize for missing that. Bravely Default was great. Yeah, we、like, yeah. It was a really, really great,、uh, strong RPG to start out the year on. Like, I was very impressed with it.、Um, I liked it. Kind of on par with Fire Emblem Awakening, although I think <gasps> Awakening is in its own class. No way. You like the Awakening、oh, more.、Yeah. I know that. That's still your favorite 3DS game. It's so good. I, I like Bravely Default a little better than Fire Emblem. Oh, my God. Wow. Just dead. Well, dead that air. was a、Everyone's、very short. <laughs> oh, God. See you guys?、Sorry. Pear just left the room. <laughs> I'm being beaten right now. You can't hear it. <laughs> that was a door slamming. That was good. <laughs> no, I thought that was running into me and slapping no, but, me. Okay. So, when was the last time that Square, Square Enix, Put out an RPG that had sort of this, this classic presence. Like, I feel like New Final Fantasy, there was a lot of focus on Final Fantasy XIII and New Final Fantasy, and that's all it felt like. You got、mm-hmm. the nostalgia through the music with the theat rhythm and things like、yep. that, but you didn't really have systems that, or, or, or themes or, or worlds that resembled the SNES era RPG、so、that made Square the bomb. Like, that's, why, the that's why I loved it. And I actually, I played、uh, Bravely Second at Tokyo Game Show, and I got a lot of the same vibes where it was just like, there's something. About you're, you're going through these woods, and there's like mist and fog, and the characters are really cool. The art direction is amazing, and you have these like very classic Final Fantasy battles, and they're all still there. And it doesn't feel like Final Fantasy kind of lost me when it went full 3D, and there was those like laser circle beams you had to drop well, the MMO on the people to fight of them. System, all, yeah, the all that stuff.、System. Like,、yeah. I get why people are into it, it's just not really for me. But、uh, Bravely Default kind of feels like the Final I, Fantasy games that I grew up playing. I'm with you, I had a high tolerance for the Active time battle stuff,、yeah. right? Like, after a while, you can get frustrated with any kind of more turn based setup, especially if there are random encounters that you don't want happening, right?、Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like some games got really good at letting you see random encounters in advance, and you know, like, like games like Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, and so forth were smarter about it. But, like, I, I felt like the moment that kind of turn based shell was gone with Final Fantasy XII, right? Yeah.、Mm-hmm. I, I lost something too. Like, it, it didn't feel like I was fighting anymore. It was like I was walking by and hitting people while walking by. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Like you were See, just hazing. It、them. wasn't like the showdown, like、yep. this gunslinger See, I, I facing off. I hear you、off. both, but I feel like I liked those experiments、really? during the 3D era of like the 
Square Enix RPG. Oh, Talking about like Final I like Fantasy that 7, they exist 8, too. Yeah, nine, like nine was very classic, but Final Fantasy seven eight. Uh, I even liked eleven, even though it was really hard to get into as an MMO. I'm a big ten fan, by the yeah. way. I love ten. Okay. Yeah, cool, I really cool. like. Yeah, 10. I, I missed ten. How yeah. did I miss that? Uh, the first one on the PS2 era, and then uh, twelve, I really liked because it was just it was this sort of a culmination of ideas for a single player style MMO. Mm. But what 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 I guess was missing was sort of the classic the, the stuff. other players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Yeah. But no, I mean, from from Square's <laughs> offerings to me at least was a lot of the classic themes, the classic stuff. Yeah, you know, Bravely Default brought back the crystals. It brought back the job system, which is like my favorite me thing too. I love in the RPGs is how the job system works. How yeah. you sort of create and customize your character builds to be a certain way, and there are, there are dozens of variations. There's so many ways you can take it, and that Bravely plays to your OCD nature too. Right, where you kind of want to have all the jobs and unlock all the things. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there is a portion of Bravely Default where it does fall apart a little bit, where it kind of uh, falls back on you fighting a lot of the same bosses again. And I'm not gonna not gonna spoil too much of that. I'm just gonna say that as a preface for folks who still haven't played it, because I know how that is. You don't have time for games, or or you know, life gets in the way. But uh, it is a very, very, very cool game the only thing I found annoying actually about that game was voice acting the English mm. voice acting I had to switch it to Japanese I could not take it like it's just it's I think it's pur- purposely done in like a campy style mm. we're in 2014 or mm. when, you know like now. well 15 now but at the time 2014 <laughs> like I'm just like I, I don't I don't really have to, a tolerance for this anymore like, yeah. I want something that takes itself a bit more seriously even if there is goofy lines of dialogue Persona 4 kind of proved you can have fun with that without going completely over the top you know, and um, yeah. that, that was my one complaint, I think, with Bravely Default as a whole. That and the repetition section I brought yep. up. Yeah. That was a good game. We did miss that. Yeah, sorry about that. All right, so let's then close out um, how we felt about Nintendo in 2014. I mean, it, it felt like we were arguing every other week about the gamepad, about its its use, about software or lack thereof. Like, where, how did we feel now that the year is sort of over, looking back? Like, looking back at what you've said or what you've done. Or what you you play. It's it's always weird for me because I, you know, you you kind of always have to be of of two minds when you think about Nintendo and and these retrospectives. And I I don't feel that way as much about when I think of Sony, like it's synonymous sort of with the PlayStation, and then the the Vita is sort of a secondary thing. And Microsoft, it's Xbox, and PC's PC. But with Nintendo, my brain is always split between whatever two platforms they're supporting at the time. And last year, obviously, it was the 3DS and the Wii U. And I think between those systems, uh, pushing it all together you you had a pretty strong year mm-hmm. of of first party stuff and you know very few uh third party surprises but i think as a whole um i don't know if it was their strongest year although it did have some of their strongest franchises in mm. some of their best moments like i think mario kart and smash brothers were probably uh at at, at the best they've ever been mm-hmm. last year you know um and I think some of that carried over to the 3DS with, the, with Smash Brothers for 3DS. But I, I think that 3DS had sort of a sort of a lackluster year, you know, and it, it didn't have. I w- I didn't find myself going back to it the same way I did in the year before, and I I sort of lost my connection with with my Wii U this year in that um, I bought so many virtual console games for for the first year of that system. I was ready to do it all over again. I started a whole library. I have folders upon folders of mm-hmm. games stacked in there, um, and we went through an, an entire another year without a dedicated account system for those things. And halfway through last year, I think I talked about it in the show. And you talked about it to me. I remember. Yeah, this, yeah. This I just I basically said like I'm done. I'm done. By Buying you know the same games over and over and over again, and you know towards the end of the year, Nintendo said we're putting Duck Hunt out on Wii U, and I was like, I don't care. 
Mm-hmm. You know, for, and that sucks because I love Duck Hunt and I love all those classic games and I want to buy Link to the Past every time they put it out and mm-hmm. Super Metroid and I all think that, that stuff. that was the but... last one you bought actually. It was yeah. Link to the Past when they reissued it on Virtual Console and then you told me I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, I was just like, you know, I found out a couple years ago I did an article about how I've I've bought the original Super Mario Brothers like 13 times in my <laughs> life, right? Did an IGN article and I was like, I bought it here because of this, I bought it here because of this and I said every single reason why. And I think if they found some way to, to re-release it next year, I don't think I would buy it again because I don't know if I'm I'm ready to keep giving them money until they can show me that there's a reason to keep doing that. And, and so. that's I mean, it's it's good that you've come to that realization. I I came to to that realization earlier mm-hmm. where you know I do have a big back uh, catalog and I have a library of Super NES uh, games and you know classics that I love. I have an N64 hooked up still. I have a Retron now hooked up where I can yeah. easily easily play uh, NES, Super NES, Can't Super Famicom, take them and so out, forth. But uh, it's okay. No, that <laughs> thing is like oh, really. really? Like, if you're not yeah. familiar with a Retron, it's a console that plays like Genesis and Super yeah. NES and stuff yeah. but it's like it's the way the cartridges the console doesn't want to let go yeah. no. it just doesn't want to it let really go likes game. those games yeah. but like but so I have access to all these games and so I, I really dialed back pretty early um, with Wii U already dialed back on buying classic games again and also part of that was that yeah it felt fleeting I'm like well and then they're going to be out on 3DS if there was this this unified system where I could then take them on the go I would go back to buying some of the classics like you know just kind of remembering Pilot Wing like we, we, I think uh, because of Smash Brothers, my my uh, son asked about Pilot Wings. I'm like, oh my god, you've never played it, and like, I booted it up. Mm-hmm. And you get stuck playing those games. You know, yeah. you you. What did he What did he again. think of it? Huh? What do you I, think? Pilot Wings? Wings? Yeah. They think that uh, they think it's stupid. Oh, he thought it was stupid. No, he, he you know, it's like you it's can. It's a little technical, like landing and all that. It, like flying's fun. It, but, it, uh, it is. It doesn't age as well, of course, mm-hmm. as a game like a uh, 2D Mario because yeah. of the Mode Seven stuff. And, sure. You know, I mean, I, this this is obviously a topic for a different show, but yep. I'm I'm eternally fascinated with the notion of uh, like a child sort of discovering the the kernel of something yep. in a in a new game that references an old game and then going back and playing it for the first time. And I, you know, I, I love to learn about that I, stuff. There's like, some <clears> games <throat> that are there some games that are infinitely accessible. Mm-hmm. I did notice, for example, that um, not to continue this tangent too long, but Super Metroid was harder for them to get into because they had played all the GBA ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, know? yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. Like, They're like, oh, this is this is really unforgiving, and I'm like, where do I go next? Mm-hmm. They, they were just kind of stuck and gave up. Even Heresy. though you could play it on the beautiful like Wii U game. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I had yeah, downloaded yeah. it on okay. that. And so, But back to Nintendo in 2014, mm-hmm. um, 2014 was really the year that showed me you know, how good it is to have Nintendo on an HD console. Oh, yeah. The moment you yeah. put Mario Kart on a big screen TV and you see it in HD, and then you just realize how tweaked and well put together this game is. That was really an eye-opener for me, and it just made me wish for all these other franchises that we haven't seen in a while. You know, and I booted up Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, and you're looking at this game, you're like, oh, if only, you know, they took this model and put it into HD. And so... To me, 2014 was a was a year of you know dis- rediscovery how great the Mario Kart franchise can be, yeah. how great Smash Brothers was and is, but also you know playing some of the new games like Hyrule Warriors that we weren't all that hot on, but having a lot of fun with those, mm-hmm. and you know I dug up Pikmin again and played Wind Waker and all that kind of stuff. Sure, so sure. I thought it was a good year. Um, it wasn't a good year for reinventions and innovation. I mm-hmm. felt yeah, you know? but, they, but at least they finally presented some of that mm-hmm. at E3, right? The new IPs showed up. People have been asking for new IPs yeah. from Nintendo for. And at E3, they said, okay, here's Splatoon, here's Codename Steam. 
the reactions were mixed. Mm-hmm. Let's be fair. There, I know some people were super excited about Splatoon. I worked next to someone who was not very excited about Splatoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I still like that those strides were taken. Even stuff like Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, um, the experiment there, the experiment with uh, Steel Diver mm-hmm. for the most part, the Sub Wars, you know, the first person thing. There was going like with these free to play things. And there were experiments. Them out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, but, it was, but there wasn't was there wasn't something as eye opening. You know, like there there wasn't something very Nintendo. Sometimes Nintendo comes out and they shock you with something where you're like, I never thought about that being a game genre. Hey, yeah. You know? Oh, I think on the 3DS Rusty, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. On Rusty definitely. On Tomodachi Life, I think so. I mean, they had yeah. enough confidence to put Remember, that Remember, I here. wasn't too big on Nintendo No, that's fine. Life, but, that's yeah. fine. And, and I totally respect anyone who's not too big on Tomodachi Life, but I'm surprised yeah. they had the... You know, they, they took the ambition and said, let's try this. You know, like, let's see if this is going to be as big as a success over there as it is here. Granted, it ran into some struggles because of some short-sightedness on their part, and we've talked about that. Yeah. But uh, I, I appreciated that it did show up. However, I do feel I agree with you. 3DS had sort of a struggling year. Like, it started out really strong with Broly Default, and then we got mm-hmm. um, Yoshi's New Island, which you know I thought was fine, but a lot of people didn't like. Kirby Triple Deluxe, which a lot of people thought was fine, and I didn't mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And then Fantasy Life was was awesome. Smash Brothers was really good. Pokemon was really good. I can't think of anything else that was really that remarkable. I mean, you had the Phoenix right. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. There's some crossover. good. There were good games from from third parties, certainly. Yeah. Still, I, I just think 2014 <clears> is a <throat> year that showed that supporting two platforms is hurting them. Yeah, it is. And you could you could really tell that they say they they sat back, you know, after the launch of Wii U and said. We need to focus on making sure people understand that this is a powerful platform with good games that you can play online. That you know the gamepad is useful and all that. I yeah. I do feel like they they were they kind of had to take a step away from the 3ds, which was performing well at the time. Was is is still doing really well in Japan as well. Mm, and so yeah. you you are the platform is definitely suffering under that a yeah. little bit. Well, that that's it. it kind of reminds me of like you ever have you ever seen Chopped? Yeah, yeah. So sure. it, it's like there's a chef and he's got 20 minutes and he's running around the kitchen and he's, he's making this main course, but he's also got to make, do these, you know, so, kind of side dishes mm-hmm. to dress up the plate a little bit. And uh, in doing that, in that sort of frantic, like juggling of plates, there's always one thing that falls apart. Yeah. And that I kind of been getting that from Nintendo. And that's kind of a shame because, like, I know that, you know, they put so much energy into, into Smash Brothers and Mario Kart mm-hmm. and a bunch of, like, really big flagship titles on Wii U. And then as a result of that, the 3DS didn't su- do so well, you know? Mm-hmm. But the Wii U didn't do so well either. Like, I mean, games-wise, yeah, it was great, but those things didn't really move the needle in terms of selling new consoles, so it sort of scares me in terms of what 2015 is going to look like because you throw so much big stuff out there and it doesn't it doesn't. You don't sell millions of consoles as it's a result of it. It's definitely hard for them to break through the noise of next gen. I think they, mm-hmm. that's the core challenge. Like that that those games, make no mistake about it. Those games bumped up the Wii U for sure, yes. right? Like it, it, it went from. Uh, an item I think that many parents didn't even uh, pay attention to because they didn't understand it was a completely new console. Um, with these new games, I do think people took notice. And like in my household, the Wii U was not played that much in the previous year with Mario Kart that changed. You know, Hyrule Warriors, Smash Brothers, all these games get brought out when my friends' friends are uh, when my kids' friends are old yeah. and in the house, right? Like suddenly the Wii U is showing itself as the party console in the household again. Yeah, that's whereas, awesome. Whereas like the uh, the next gen platforms are definitely still the online platforms yep, that people yep, yep. go to, and um, and so I think I think those new games did did leave a mark, but it's different, right? It's like 
there are a handful of really good games that if you love those games, you're going to go out and you're going to get them. When you yeah. get them, you're going to love them. And then the next-gen platforms that have just all these all these big titles from third pla- uh, yeah. third parties. Sure. Right? And, and, I mean, 2014 was also a year that, pro- I, I mean, at least in my mind, proved that the Nint- Nintendo exclusive is still strong. It's yeah. still yeah. really well made. It's still, like, 100% and like, top of the line when it's developed internally at Nintendo. And it works at launch. And yeah. If, if there's one <laughs> yeah. story in 2014 that stood out for me, it was mm-hmm. how many games had launch issues, not just due to um, online infrastructure. That was certainly one story, but they just weren't finished. Yeah. And that you saw from Nintendo is that when Mario Kart came out, that game was finished. Yeah, it was finished. It you was know? ready. It was awesome. And it's, it's weird. I think about, I spent a lot of time playing all the other platforms this year, you know, as I do. It's part of my job. And it's mm-hmm. also something I love to do. Um, and I think of like the PS4 and there was this sort of like steady stream of games that I played. And there was like Shadow of Mordor and Far Cry and Maybe. Call of Duty and, you know, Watch Dogs and all these other things. And they're all sort of like... They were great, and they, they were gripping, and they kind of kept me there. But mm-hmm. I, then I think of Mario Kart, and there's just this vision in my head of me, like, in front of my television with my wife with the biggest smiles on our faces, mm-hmm. just, like, cheering, yelling at each other. like, And that's, like, you almost get a free pass on that because it's, like, I mean, it doesn't cover the whole year. Mm-hmm. But, damn, those were some of the best moments I've had playing a video game last year. So it's as, when you paint with broad strokes and you look at the Wii U and the 3DS, you're like, yeah, you know, they didn't have their best years. And, they, you know, there weren't, wasn't great third-party support. And the virtual console situation mm-hmm. is still a mess. But, damn, Mario Kart and Smash Brothers were so damn polished. Yeah. It was yeah. so good to have those I things. I also find myself that by E3, all of my concerns about the future of the gamepad just slowly melted away. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like they spent enough time talking about enough experiments that I feel like, okay, I need to make peace with that the the, the Jesus game that I had in my brain that mm-hmm. is the reason this exists isn't the biggest emphasis anymore. And I think you helped me with that, actually, to come to terms yeah. with that pair, uh, for game. the most part. Jesus no, is what we say. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> It feels like every Nintendo platform has a game that defines the platform as a whole. Yeah. For the most part, like, look at Mario 64, right? I mean, that that pretty much defined that era. Yeah, I'd say GameCube didn't because GameCube, GameCube tried didn't. to be another – it tried to be just like the other guys, but right? GameCube really tried at the same time to take existing IPs they have and just try weird things. Like Super mm-hmm. Mario Sunshine and the Jetpack or Luigi's Mansion in the vacuum oh, yeah. or, you know – As like, a fantastic lineup. Or Wind Waker. Yeah, exactly. But, but it wasn't a – it wasn't was, kind of – But it was franchises you knew but with a twist like yeah. either sailing or, mm-hmm, or vacuuming. Mm-hmm. Or, or a first-person Metroid. Or yeah, first-person yeah. Metroid. Exactly. Yeah. The Wii era – we all know was defined by motion control and by uh-huh. grandma can play this video game with you and and mm-hmm. there were also some great hardcore hits in there too but with Wii U I don't I, it took me a while to come to terms with they just don't have that game and maybe they don't have to deliver that game everything else is so strong that they're putting out and it uses the gamepad in smart enough ways either just as an off TV device or as something that sometimes can do both or what they showed at E3 where they're really trying to figure out other ways that they take take advantage of it but I guess I got tired of asking for that game is yeah. I guess what I finally came to terms with in a way the story that the Wii U can tell now is a story that already happened on the other platforms before and that's what do these franchises look like in HD and with yeah. beautiful graphics right where you don't have to worry so much about what's you know like 
what what you can represent with a hardware. Like it used to be impossible for Nintendo to show you a forest. Right, yeah. like the the overworld in Zelda games was always very sparse, and you didn't have that many trees yeah. because the hardware couldn't push it. Now you have this machine that can actually handle it, but, and so I think we will see some really cool stuff from Nintendo. But to play mm-hmm. devil's advocate with you, is that a compelling story in 2014? No, no, it, it, it isn't as much as a hey, you need to buy this console because because mm-hmm. yes, others people th- that story has been told. But to sure. me, as a Nintendo fan, to now see this freedom applied to franchises like hopefully right, like Zelda and Mario Sunshine and maybe Metroid. Mm-hmm. That's super exciting to me. Like there there are other stories that are waiting to be to be told and solved. Like Animal Crossing as a game where you can talk anywhere, find friends, you know, go anywhere could be amazing. Yeah. Sure. And like we're still being held back a little bit by the the lack of care when it comes to online infrastructure. Sure. Like a Mario Kart game where you can chat at any time mm. is going to be a game that you and I we're going to sit at night and keep on Paris, playing. Paris is so good at trash talk. Oh yeah, but <laughs> it's like, you? but but to me that is one of the 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 things like in a game like Destiny that has all these flaws. You keep on coming back because you're hanging out with friends and you're talking, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of cut short a little bit by yeah. the Wii U still. And I'm hoping they solve that, and I think that can be a, a good story Absolutely. for for Nintendo too. Yep. yep. Okay. Cool. So, um, is there anything else I wanted to add to that? No, I think. Uh, I'm I'm just excited to see what this year holds, and so far we know a lot about it. So uh, at Be- least Bayonetta, by the way, we forgot. Also, in in our little recap, like there were a lot of other sure, games but it was that were recent. just really cool. Yeah, but it was yeah. also relatively recent to that last yeah. episode. But a fantastic yeah. game, absolutely yeah. good point. Um, but let's take a quick break right here, and when we come back, let's talk about our top three to five most anticipated Nintendo games for 2015. Sweet. Otero here with Brian Altano. Hi. And Per Schneider. Hello. And a screaming room of people next door playing IDAR, yep. apparently, which is supposed to be a lot of fun, but that has nothing to do with this discussion next, which is, what are your most anticipated games from Nintendo in 2014 so far? Let's append that nice parenthesis sure. to that. Brian, why don't you go first? So, yeah, I just wanted to say, from just from sort of the top down, looking at the list, this is going to be another weird year. There's a lot of very, mm-hmm. like, interesting, very strange, kind of quirky titles coming out, which is Nintendo's known for. But, like, you've got your Yoshis and your Kirbys and, like, there's a, whatever that strange kind of Star Fox thing we saw. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I really like that they, they've been messing with a little more, and we saw some of it in um, the Smash Brothers character creator or the, uh, you know, the the level creator, is, um, is Mario Maker. And and I think that Mario Maker has a lot of potential in terms of we talked about in the top half of the show that the gamepad, you know, and not really knowing exactly what to do with it all the time. I think personally, like Zombie U came out, it did something great with it. And I don't know, we've sort of been chasing that kind of ghost ever since to find that one thing that it's really good for. But Mario Maker, I think, can really bring that back. And I think that using uh, the stylus controls to design levels, if they really deliver on the promise of this interactive create a Mario game, uh, 
where you can share levels with other people. Like I think that is Dude, incredible. Solid. It's really good. So solid, and they only showed us a peak of what it's really doing. I believe. Yeah. I don't think they showed us everything at E3. So so we played it at E3, and when we left E3, we all said, "Yeah, it's awesome, but it's got it's got you know a couple different art styles you can mm-hmm. switch from the new Super Mario Brothers one and the original Mario Brothers." And then we saw it again at the uh, the Video Spike Game Video Game Awards. Not Spike. Just Not Spike, just the Video Game Awards. <laughs> and sorry, Spike. Cops is on tonight. You got spiked. You got spiked. Um, and we saw the Mario World art style. And I believe it was Mario 3 as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just like all of a sudden I'm just starting to go, wait a minute. And I think I saw that it's not just operating on the physics of the original Mario Brothers because I saw some stuff that's kind of like Mario 3 in Mario World, which is like – they're going to let you tweak stuff. Like, there's more yeah. to that game than we've seen. Like, yeah. if they announce a music maker, I'm going to be so they happy. Said, that would so be... far, it doesn't exist. Oh, really? No. Yeah, like, I asked them. I that said, would be so cool. So I'm what's ex- interesting, though, is the way the music... I'm sorry, I'm just going to tack yeah, this on yeah. there. One of the reasons I think he says it doesn't exist is because they put so much care and attention into whenever you place an element in. Mm-hmm. Whenever you switch to editor and the world itself that yeah. you've already made, the music changes. And when the music changes or when you're adding elements... You hear layers and little sound drops added to the music itself. It is mm-hmm. brilliant. Mm-hmm. So that, like, it's so cool. And that's my impression. With you know, like there's been a renaissance of kind of construction kit games, right? Yes. Le- uh, Minecraft you really have to say off, Minecraft, yeah. Little Big Planet, also kind of redefined interfaces, yeah, right? Where you can have it. fun while creating it. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't handle as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you know, there've been a couple of games like that um, where it's fun to create. And I, Nintendo's always so good at taking a level editor or, or an element and making it really turnkey and easy to use. And this game, uh, I think you'll see insane kind of Rube Goldberg-like constructions where yeah. people create levels that will just like – where you will go, oh, my God. How, how did you come up with Goombas. that? Because yeah. we, we've already kind of been seeing that for years with yep. like the mod community through emulation and stuff yep. like that. Like you look up YouTube videos of custom Mario levels, and it's exactly what you said. It's the Rube Goldberg machine where he hits a, a turtle shell at the beginning, and he's chasing it all the way to the end. At the end, it kills him. You know, yeah. But it's gone through all these obstacles. Um, so I'm really interested to see what happens with that because I'm one of those guys that buys every new Mario game. But if this is one of those things that can sort of deliver mini versions of new Mario games, hundreds of times a month yeah. via um, you know downloading from the internet from uh, people who make the to make levels or even like wa- watching to see what other developers could do with it. I find that incredibly fascinating to see what a, a different video game developer making his own Mario level and, and uploading it to the internet for me to play. It's, it's really cool. That would be really cool if they did a little partnership where they brought in some of the indie guys to um, like known indie developers yeah. to create levels and share them. <clears throat> they yeah. did that with WarioWare DIY. Yeah. They did, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I, would, what I was thinking about actually. So is that that's your top most wanted or like that that game ranks number three for me out of well, five? Well, that so most that's, wanted. That's probably number three for me as well. Okay. Number two would be Mighty Number no. Nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mighty Number no. Nine. Like, choice. it's uh, I was one of those guys. I grew up on. I grew up playing Mega Man, obviously. Uh, and it's kind of weird that you can't talk about Mighty Number no. Nine without bringing up Mega Man, but you have to. Um, and then I also loved when Mega Man Nine and Ten came out. And a lot of a lot of people sort of saw those as like throwbacks, and they were interesting experiments. But I thought they were just as good as the original ones. Mm-hmm. They're actually in some ways better because the levels were longer, they were harder. Um, the some of the the new enemies and stages were fantastic. And Mighty 
number nine is it really brings that back that that Mega Man vibe to me because I love I just love the platforming I love the I love the character design I mm-hmm. think like the whole weapon switching aspect is really cool um, I feel like I like the idea of it being a lot of people's first Mega Man game and it's also sort of like this middle finger up to Capcom because they're not doing anything with the Mega Man franchise I saw this trailer the other day for a Mega Man endless running game coming to Android and I'm like I. I am so sad that I had to live to see the day where all my favorite franchises became endless runners. And if that was it for Mega Man right now, I'd be really depressed. But Mighty Number no. 9 kind of picks that up. It is continuing that legacy. It's aggressive how quickly it wants you to sort of push forward and, and sort of chew through enemies. I absolutely love its pace. Yeah. I abs- Like, we played in the, uh, the beta because we got access to it at PAX. So, so good. Like, so... So many different ways and combo, you know, combinations. And all I kept doing was deconstructing levels. Mm-hmm. How can I speed run it again? How can I go through it faster again? And I like that. I like the optimization that's going to be involved. I cannot wait to see the videos that hit the internet the day that game comes out. Yeah. Because I am guarantee you there's going to be impressive, impressive runs. Through. Yep. Yeah. Cool. What's your last one? I think we all have the same number one. Take a guess. What? <clears throat> Srat? <laughs> 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 it's Zelda. Of course it's Zelda. Yeah, it has course. to be Zelda. Yeah. And I mean, I feel I feel kind of bad. We we're kind of curbing it on the fly as we went through it. But we we saw the new trailer a couple weeks ago at the non-Spike Video Game Awards. And we did a show about it. And we were like kind of a little critical, I would say. And some people gave us, you know, flack for it. But it's kind of our jobs to judge mm-hmm. things based on what we see and define them can't from there. Can't always be praised, guys. We yeah, it can't always be praised. And I think it's important to be a little critical. That being said, I'm incredibly excited for a brand new Zelda game. And I don't feel like we've had a truly good one in a while in the 3D sense. We had Link Between Worlds, which was excellent. I absolutely love mm-hmm. that game. I, I'm, I'm waiting for it to fade enough from my head so I can play it again. <laughs> um, so it kind of feels kind of new to me. But uh, this you new need, Zelda you game. Need a little Total Recall. I know. Yeah. I kind of wish I had that. Wouldn't that be great if you could just forget oh, games? The flashy uh, thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That, that would be like, side yeah. note, Resident Evil 4 just turned 10, and that's one of my favorite games oh. of all time. See, I remember I, every level, though. I do, too, because yeah. I played oh, it so many times. Oh, look at that Luke. <laughs> <laughs> what are you buying? Keep going. Stranger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Um, but Zelda just looks like it, it's it's one of those it's one of those games where I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everybody that I I'm, I don't feel well. I'm not gonna come to work. I don't know if that's gonna work here because like I already told you. Excuse. Really? Yeah, especially with me in the room. Well, yeah. You can yeah. you won't be here. No, you'll I'm, be home. I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be sick. What are you talking about? <laughs> I will say I am bummed at the amount of people who want to who want to already call it that Zelda is delayed. I am very, is going to get delayed. I am very, very, very alarmed by that because, and I keep saying this, He's and gonna, I will continue it's to It's going to be steak dinner as much. It's <laughs> not steaks yet. There's only one steak bet so far. Have you gotten any of your Smash Brothers steaks yet? I did. Marty Sleva delivered. I still got to talk to the other Wait, no, hold on. Marty Sleva and you went to lunch. What did you have for lunch? I had steak. What kind of steak? A steak sandwich. That doesn't count. That's it not was close a steak. enough. It was close enough. I, I, Marty, Marty and me are bros, man. I, I'm going to go easy on him. Don't tell the other wow. steak sandwich. The from what? Buy, Marty, the gonna buy from where? Don't worry about it. it Don't say story. Subway. It no, it wasn't Subway. Jesus. Steak Off sandwich. Topic. Mm. Anyway, I am so tired of, of, of the notion that that <laughs> game, a for a lot of people, is already delayed. And it, it's, it's floating in people's minds because Nintendo has not made it a secret that they will delay that game. And I completely understand that. But wait until E3 before you even start speculating on if it's going to get delayed or not. Wait, you what do you mean Nintendo hasn't made a secret that they will delay that game? What does what that do mean? What do you mean? What no, do you I mean, no, I mean there is no... St- 
past history has proven Nintendo will always delay Zelda when yeah. it's not ready. Oh, yeah, okay. And yeah. when oh, you yeah. say Zelda's delayed until Q1, no, it's not. There's no way. Like, I don't, I don't see Nintendo marching that game out into Q1 uh, w- without the big fanfare of a fall release. That is their biggest, fran- no. one of their biggest franchises here. Yeah, and if I've, it gets delayed, it gets delayed a year. I think for sure there'll be a new fall game to make uh, up for if, the yeah, Zelda delay happens. that's definitely coming. If it happens. I yeah, Mario Party sorry. 14. Yeah, if it happens. I hate to rant I've, about this, but I, it just... It, Bugs me, man. Wait until E3. E3 is going you, to be the litmus uh, test on whether that game is delayed I'll, or not. I'll give you that. I'm I'm usually very cynical, and maybe it's because I used to cover the Nintendo beat for oh, many, many you. years. You're a wise man. It's been so many times that we're all like, oh my god, I can't believe this game is coming out. And they're like, oh yeah, it's coming out for sure. And then, murr, 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 <laughs> you know, like it just <laughs> happened to me so many times. Whereas, like, after a while, you're just like, so you're just trying right. to protect but, me. Is that what you're saying? But I will say, I haven't seen them this confident. Like, before, when they went, on um, on the video game awards yeah um where they they kind of were almost making fun of the fact that yes it's going to come out and guess what star fox is going to be out before that like that kind of stuff yeah. yeah um that to me showed just a really high level of confidence they're not the only ones that are confident yeah so we, we'll we'll see and hopefully hopefully that's the case again like If it truly is an open world game, you know my worries about open world games that have very empty overworlds, right? If it truly is an open world game, it takes a while to get those games right. Mm -hmm. But Nintendo is is a really, really good developer, and they're not cranking out a ton of other games. So maybe everyone on on the planet is working on this thing, making sure it's working. I was... Uh, and by the way, of course, it's my most wanted game, it's too. Me too. Yeah. It's yeah. not just my most wanted Nintendo game. It's my most wanted game overall, you know, followed by Uncharted. But um, if, I, you know, I like that they're saying there are going to be a lot of side quests. Because with Majora's Mask coming out, uh, which means Nintendo's memory of Majora's Mask is fresh, too, I hope they're bringing back, like, the meaningful side quests like that game had. You know, like, some of the side quests, the way they made you feel in Majora's Mask, the way they played out, the way they connected to this desolated world doomed to failure, I hope this new Zelda game has a little bit of It was grim, man, but it was cool. And, I mean, there's that Miyamoto quote where he says... <clears throat> something along the lines of you're going to complete certain objectives and it's going to have an impact on the world. I mean, what does that yep. mean? Does that mean geographically? Does that mean like something opens up or does it mean that certain avenues of conversation with certain people, like I don't I don't know what how to interpret it 100% yet, but I am so, so eager to find out what it is and I cannot wait. This is at the top of my list. It is going to be amazing. I mean, I even watched the, the Japanese uh, undubbed version of that video <laughs> just to hear what Link sounds like, which by the way, you can do. Yeah, yep. you can hear the uh, the sound effects that are in place right now, and I am so ready to. to He's like, oh, <laughs> that's not what he said. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just, like. It's funny. I sent it to Pear. Oh, I really? sent it to you too. So now with all this excitement bubbling up, of course, like you're playing Majora's Mask. My daughter is yeah. now playing Twilight Princess wow, at home. So I'm go we back to that one. we're playing it on the on. The, I was thinking um, of starting that one over actually. And it, you know what. I like it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I obviously, know. I like it. It's yeah. a it's a good game. Wait, I'm which always, one? GameCube or Wii? Uh, we're playing the Wii one okay. on the on the right. Wii U. Um, you you know the the motion controls are not awesome. Obviously, they're a little twitchy. There's some issues with that. I do wish I could just play it on the gamepad. You know, while people watch TV. I know, me too. Um, but it's. It, it just has so many cool little moments in it, too. And, like, uh, you know, the way the world is constructed is just really cool. But that game also has the issue that it does not have a wonderfully tight overworld that you remember, right? Like, mm-hmm. Link to the Past for me is always this 
this amazing and, and between worlds too yeah. this amazing example of an overworld that once you've explored it it just seems so big but once you've explored it you understand how it fits together yeah. and I never got that comfortable with the Twilight Princess world right? I, I, where you're I like, feel oh, like oh I gotta fly to the top to take the canoe there and do this and this rather than it being so nicely oh, connected canoe. you know it does it does feel uh, very disjointed and I, I, I get the same sort of feeling that you get with Link to the Past with, um, with Ocarina of Time where I think about that world and how it's all connected around Hyrule Field and it all makes sense yep. to me and I can picture myself going around every area of it mm-hmm. but yeah Twilight Princess is weird it's just sort of like in my brain it's not an overworld it's like seven areas that there's that kind of air field area yeah but then there is like it's a bunch of kind of mini roller coaster rides that are kind of glued it, around it, the map it's really only there to have fun with a horse I feel like yeah you know? and that that was my reaction to the the new trailer of the new Zelda I was like oh I hope there's more to this overworld and like I have high hopes that there will be more to it and yeah. and they that there is fun. going to be an alternate form of getting around maybe we'll see what happens if there's one developer that knows how to hide a secret it's Nintendo oh yeah yeah and then they know how to keep it from us it's totally Nintendo details don't leak we're gonna see a lot more about that game and again if it's a 3 it's not a huge show for that game then you can start placing your yep this is delayed uh critique all right great list man by the way mighty number nine i'm like i'm impressed i love that thank you all right so outside of zelda being at the top of my list my other two choices are and they are you can swap them either way but it is star fox and it is majora's mask Mm -hmm. for star fox it's been a while since nintendo has really delivered a strong star fox game um i do know so how a pair you covered uh you know, sort sort of uh, this God industry during the GameCube era, Carter not Fox. Car Fox, but yeah. but like Star Fox Assault. Like, what was the level of involvement of Miyamoto? Would you say over like uh, you know I, we all know Star Fox Adventures? He was definitely involved. I mean, that was rare mm-hmm. for Christ's sake. But um, I'm talking more about uh, when Namco was taking the reins. Like, was Miyamoto that involved? Because it seems like the message they're selling to us is that Miyamoto is very involved in no, the next Star Fox hit. This He's is a, this is a involved. difference. Yeah, there's a yeah. huge difference. It was you know like. I got the sense, you know, from our interactions and coverage of the Namco Star Fox that Nintendo didn't really care that much about that game. Like, it really, it was this weird era of experimentation with third parties and arcade machines based on Nintendo um, franchises, right? Like, they didn't really care much about the Mario Kart arcade game either, you know? like And this game was kind of in that realm, whereas I would say Star Fox 64 got a lot of attention. And, you know, it felt like Miyamoto was, was... at least, you know, presenting the game to everybody and, and showing, you know, the, the kind of the ingenious touch yeah, with it. Yeah, and he showed it to us at E3, and, and it was... It, to you, I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I didn't see anything. Next time yeah, he it. literally showed it to Jose and I in a, well, in a well, small Well, I saw room. it at another event before yeah. that. But yeah, I, I yeah, mean, I actually lot, got to play it. Uh, no, but what I'm saying is it's been so long, you know, and, and the style of mission, I mean, that's one of the best, that is the best third-person on-rail shooter, like, mate. Yeah. Star Fox 64. And I want to see a return to that. And I'm hoping, I'm hopeful. I have nothing to base this on, by the way, because all I did was play a small section. It was an early prototype. And it's very hard to tell, based off that, what the fate of this game is. Yeah. Was, but I'm holding out hope for it just because of that level of involvement. The, the section you played, was it a third-person on-rails shooter? No. So that's instead, why I'm a little concerned, that's, right? That's completely fair. No, it was more one of the uh, the open sections where the you know your wings pop out and you actually would fight a boss, yeah, yeah. like in Star Fox 64. But vast open? Like like kind of dog fighting, like Valkyrie yeah, or something. Yeah, it was, it was. I mean, Valkyrie. I don't. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, it was a really big space. There was mm-hmm. a lot of places to sort of swoop in through, like caves to fly through to kind of okay. avoid enemy fire. Um, like once again, like the camera was sort of further back, so you could enemies. You'd actually see enemies floating behind you, hovering. You'd have uh-huh. to like 
hit the brakes or kind of do a roll to get behind them, like that kind of stuff. So now, what about the what about the gamepad stuff? Like to me, that I I don't know if that's something I really want. And I know I'm always saying like I'd love more uses for the gamepad, but like. I, I see footage of people holding up the gamepad in front of the TV every now and then. And that, mm. That's always seems to be part of the selling point. Like, wh- what does that? Ha- how does that help you in any way? So aiming, it, it, right? Th- yeah, it is there for aiming purposes for sort of the fine tuning aiming because you're using the cockpit to sort of line up a reticle. Like I've mentioned to you before, you could be flying in one direction and shooting in the other. In Star Fox, traditionally, you always just had the reticle right in front of the ship, and where you were flying is where you were shooting. It is something that. I'm not going to lie, at first I felt like there was a bit more effort required than I thought needed to be, but once I got it down and it took just a couple of minutes in that prototype, I was able to kind of plan these sort of strafing runs where if this coffee cup was an enemy, I can fly by and just take it out at That's the, the same record time. record show, he's pointing at cool. a coffee cup. Let me tell you something. <laughs> by the way, like I love games where you look cool while while in combat, and I have a feeling this could be that. And Do I, you like I, games I where you look dumb while you're playing them? Because <laughs> holding a gamepad in front of your TV isn't very... <laughs> I'm kidding. Now I'll I'll do it because I don't I don't yeah, care. You'll do I'm anything not. they want I, you to do. Oh, I don't care. Fox, I I don't I care. I'll wear it on my head if I have to. You will play We Fit and like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm so curious to see how this game turns out because I did like the really tight kind of corridor shooting of like Those a Star Fox Star Fox yeah. 64, right? Like the way the ship feels and like kind of like the story they tell in a in a level that's preset is really cool. Like okay. it gets really tense and you get angry if, when you don't make it and the doors are closing and stuff. But I am also a huge fan of open shooters and dogfighting. I loved Sky Odyssey, you know, flying games like Sky Odyssey. I loved Crimson Skies, like just the aerial combat of it. Yeah. And so, like, Star Fox is always this game where I'm thinking, like, the controls feel so good. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they made this into their flagship kind of multiplayer air combat game? It could yeah. be really cool. Because the on-foot stuff never worked, No, right? it didn't. And, and the 3DS, 3DS one did have, like, local multiplayer. They experimented with that. It was okay. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see them flesh that out, too. And it's all about the level design, that. right? Like, if the levels are interesting with places to hide and caves to fly through, Absolutely. it could be a really yeah, good yeah, yeah. game. By the way, honorable mention to uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, which almost made my list. It was super close. Uh, I really want to get into that world. I really... Um, I've picked up <clears throat> Xenoblade Chronicles, the Wii game, and only gotten maybe 12 hours in. Um, and it's just because of a busy schedule, not because of lack of interest. I really did like the systems I saw there, and especially how sort of easy and, and sort of it's sort of a single player the MMO the single player MMO style yep. which mm-hmm. again Final Fantasy 12 I felt kind of brought to light um so that that almost made my list, but I, I I went with Star Fox instead. What I've seen of Xenoblade Chronicles X so far looks really good. Can't wait to they finally give us more information. On it's that. my number four too. I mean, it's uh, Zelda, be Zelda, Zelda, Star Fox, Mario Maker for sure. My top three mm-hmm. Nintendo games next year, and then directly after it is Xenoblade and Majora's Mask. Majora's yeah. Mask, I already played. I'm I dying to play it again but Xenoblade it has that vibe this exploration vibe that I really like right? mm. I'm playing a lot of Dragon Age right now where you walk into towns you put a flag down you're like I claim this city yeah. in the name of the Inquisition and Xenoblade has that where Everybody this goes, kind oh, of no. well it has this kind of exploration aspect where you're sure. finding areas yep. and you're like filling in the map I'm a bit big sucker for that kind of gameplay too um But it's, it's, it is really a cipher for me, too. Okay. Like, this game, I just am not sure how it's going to feel, how it's going to play in the end. And it's because yeah. we've never been able to play it yet. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And I want to talk a little bit about Majora's Mask. So I did play it over the break. I absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. You and I have to have a very serious conversation about why you didn't like this game. And we kind of did when we came back. Where I was like, hey, you have to tell me what was it. Like, I don't get it. I played this. 
it, it, there are certain things about it that are completely flawed. Like anyone who 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 uh, wants to say Majora's Mask is their favorite, I understand. Anyone who says it's the best, I think they're trolling. Like there are certain elements of that game sure. that that uh, right. But when I, when someone says it's their least it. favorite, you know, burn them. <laughs> Yes, burn him at the stake. That's fact. how I feel because it's. I mean, to me, it's. It's like, well, why don't you like it? Because I just don't like it. Why don't you try more of it? Because I, I did already. Well, keep eating it. I don't want to. <laughs> well, okay, you have I to play it again. You. I will. Yeah. I am absolutely I going to play it again. You, so I will tell you that I. I am. The, the flaws are there, right? Like I've, I'm very surprised by how much confidence they had in a scarecrow. A, a passing mention by a scarecrow of how you can manipulate time is all they did to tell you that the song of time can slow down time or fast forward by half a day. And that opens up the exploration factor, which I assume is what you're missing, right? It's like it's yeah. too hectic. Yeah, yeah. But that yeah. world and that story, like I, Ko- so, so uh, Koizumi was the event planner or scenario writer for that game. He's now the Mario producer. I just want to know where his head was in his 30s when he wrote that game. Because the scenarios in that game are not only dark and that world is doomed, it almost felt like uh, like someone passed away or something. Like this game, the message is about coping. The message is about pain. Very unlike any Zelda I've well, played. Yeah, I mean, you brought up Run Lola Run, the the German movie was yes, an inspiration, you right? Yeah, that in an interview. And it's it's like it's exactly that. Run Lola Run starts with you know a, a person dying, a person dying, and yeah. then somebody tries to reverse that death by basically saying, "Nope, don't accept what happened. Just gonna reset time yeah. because." And and that that's and, what happens that's, over and over, yeah, right? That's the game mechanic in this game. By the yeah. way, we gotta set up that hangout so I can actually watch Run Lola Run. I don't remember it if I have seen it. In fact, so oh, it's gotta, so good. You'll love it. Um, but yeah, so I, I completely fell head over heels for it. Really loved it. Really loved the uh, the dungeon design. And what I really appreciated about it, and this was something that Skyward Sword completely fumbled, in my opinion, where they were trying to add more puzzle elements to Skyward Sword and yeah. make sort of the the starter area outside the dungeon become more like a dungeon. Mm-hmm. I felt like the the puzzle design, the world itself was a puzzle. In mm-hmm. Majora's Mask. Like yeah. the pass of conversations, the people you have to help, the sequence and order of events. Sometimes you have to really sit back and think about how am I going to accomplish this goal? How am I going to get the improved sword? How do I get to that path? And I'm not talking about the one that breaks in 100 hits. I'm talking about the one after that, that you actually have to do a bit more work in order to get your hands on. You sit there and you go, okay, wait, so I have to do this, and I have to do that, and then go talk to this person. And I really like that (laughs) level of design. Now, granted, there are other parts where it's completely flawed, but I'm not going to go too far into it because this game is coming out again. Some people listen to this podcast and haven't played it. Majora's Mask did not completely grab me on the N64. I thought Ocarina of Time was a much tighter game. I played it until completion. I I thought it was... It is a tighter game. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, and then I I just walked away from it being like, I don't really, I'm not big on it. And then I watched this sort of like thing bubble up where everyone was saying it was the best Zelda game. And I was like, I disagree with that. And I went to give it another try on the GameCube when it was part of that uh, collection. collection. Yeah, um, and that. it had all sorts of weird kind of audio glitches to it where you would hit the start button and it'd be like, <laughs> it that got was, a weird N64 sound. That's, yeah. Well, that's because <laughs> the game just couldn't, you couldn't hold that entire game in, in RAM. Yeah. Right? Like, and yeah. so it had to load from the disc instead of stream like it yeah. was in card. And that I, game did not work in the. It didn't, collection. and I didn't yeah. like playing with the GameCube controller. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you know, one day I'll return to play this. And I kind of just slipped, t- t- uh, you know, tucked that away. And then they announced it's coming to the 3DS. And I love the what they did for Ocarina of Time on the 3DS. So, yes, okay. I'm absolutely going to give it another So, the one chance. thing I want to press you on slightly. Yeah. Your favorite Zelda that I know about is Link's Awakening. Yeah. And it is as off-kilter to me from the regular Zelda. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As Absolutely. Majora's Mask. Totally. But for whatever reason, Majora's didn't grab you. And by the way, Koizumi worked 
I think he was also the event planner on that one. I have yeah. to be sure. I know he contributed some story elements to that game. Yep. So I'm just really surprised that this grant game didn't grab you, and that's why I pulled you aside. I was like, dude, what do you mean? I don't know. I'll give Respect. it another chance. Yeah. But so I got to run, know, guys. You got to run because you got a meeting. Thanks yep. a lot for stopping by. Sure. Drop a brap, and where can people find you? Happy New Year. Find me at Agent Bizzle and uh, watch up at noon on every Monday at noon. Uh, Max Scoville and I will be taking over that show very soon and doing fun new things with it in 2015. This is going to be an awesome year for Nintendo. Awesome year for NVC. Last year was great, but this year is going to be even better. I love you guys. See you soon. Thanks for stopping by. Word. Future girlfriend. All right. So, you got anything to add on Majora's? No, I mean, it's, it, I'm so excited to play it again. Uh, my my son was playing it, you know, inspired by all the Zelda stuff. We, we're digging out all these Zelda games, and I realized how many areas there are where it's not completely intuitive to figure out how to open a door, right? Like mm. you, or how to... Um, get into a dungeon right mm. you got the like the poisonous river you've got i'm not going to give away any any no, solutions sure, here sure. but like there is you know the the snowhead area and you're like how do you get in mm-hmm. and it's like you really have to look around yeah. and and honestly in some cases my solutions i was thinking of were way more complicated than the actual solution you're like oh I, wait yeah. yeah you just no, do you this you have to yeah. look around in a game where time is where the clock's ticking mm-hmm. sometimes you don't you, you almost feel the urgency so i can see how that let, let's see what they change man i, I can't I, wait to see what what how they sort of address this I just thing. love how time impacts the game the game world like yeah. how you walk into an area on one day there's certain enemies you come back the second day and it's changed and like it just adds to this unpredictability did you notice that a lot yeah. where like yeah. you know you see like Dodongos in one area or, or like the yeah like little little no. dragons and yep, stuff yep, and no. then the next day they're gone replaced <laughs> by something else and yeah yeah well and then I just love how on the third day like everything is sort of falling apart uh-huh. and, and and it's something that's happening gradually, and it gets close. It gets more violent the closer it gets to the final hour, where you actually have to do what you have. That to game do. is so dark. Yeah, yeah, but so good. Love it. All right, all right, and that wraps up our top three to five most anticipated games <laughs> of 2015. We're going to be right back after a quick break with some of your most anticipated games for Nintendo games, in fact, for 2015. Jose Otero here with Per Schneider, and we are reading off some of your most anticipated games of 2015. The first email I got is from Armando Contreras. Thank you very mm-hmm. much for writing in, by the way, if you did. If we didn't read it on the air, don't worry. We saw it. We will read every email you send us, believe it or not. So uh, his most anticipated games are Shin Megami Tensei, Devil Survivor 2 Record Breaker, which is on the 3DS. Good. I love the series and the spinoffs. The previous Devil Survivor entry on 3DS was very fun, and I'm looking forward to playing this game. This remake of the DS game. His second choice was Splatoon. I really like the trailers and what's been shown so far, and I'm looking forward to playing this on Wii U. There appears to be a lot of potential in this online shooter. And then Star Fox Wii U. Big fan of 64 3DS and Adventures, but I'm also aware of the general apathy <clears throat> excuse me, apathy towards Assault and Command. However, seeing as Miyamoto-san is more involved in the development of this game, I'm really inter- looking forward to seeing what result 
uh, will come from E3 2015. Me too. I can't right. wait for Star cool. Fox. Uh, by the way, honorable mention for Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, which, by the way, is amazing. You should check that game out. We have a preview on IGN. Really good. Very cool. I've got an email from Francisco Alvarez. All right. And his top three games, I'm not going to read all the descriptions, but his top three most anticipated Nintendo games are number three, Mario Maker. Uh, that's also my number three. Very good. Uh, number two, Zelda Wii U. You know, he says it just looks gorgeous and, uh, you know, loves the horseback combat the arts and that the world map looks so huge his number one is not my in my top five but it's a game that i'm i'm curious to learn more uh, about and that's platoon okay. as well okay he says it's a new franchise in a genre nintendo internally hasn't tackled an online shooter which is exciting onto itself i totally agree i think you know it's going to be really interesting to to see that take and like yeah. some of the gameplay elements are already so unique like you haven't seen anything like that in a yeah. shooter before really yeah. that i'm curious to see if they can pull it off okay yeah. Uh, so then Brady Hellman sent in an email uh, where he says his anticipated list is Zelda Wii U because your horses won't run into trees in the massive, and it has a <laughs> massive open world that I've been waiting years for. Mario Maker, this is the answer for everyone. We will be able to make our own Mario levels and nice. be our own level designers. And then Splatoon, Nintendo's first shooter that is completely original. He's re- well, it's not the first shooter. Steel Diver Subworlds happened, whether you want to believe that or not. But his first one for Wii U and it's absolutely something to look forward to. Cool. Nice. You got another one you want? Yeah, Justin Belinsky, uh, you know, shares our love for Zelda as number one, number two, Mario Maker. Uh, but he only picked Mario Maker because Metroid Maker doesn't exist yet. Oh, man. I totally want to play you that. You want Metroid Maker? Oh, God, that sounds amazing. All but right. that would be difficult to do a scenario where, you know, like you discover things. Unless it's an action game, it's it's going to be tough to do. And then his number uh, his number three pick was uh, Metroid Wii U 3DS. So you're cheating. Yeah, um, but, he's, but he's saying because if another year goes by without a new 2D Metroid game, I may have to explode. So don't explode okay, quite please yet. Please don't explode. Hopefully yeah. there'll be something. We don't want that. Next email yeah. is from David Pham, who says, uh, this is in no particular order, by the way. At least it mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be. Should we got my Tensei Cross Fire Emblem, which has vanished. <laughs> no one's talking about this game. See, that's why it's not on my list. It's yeah. like, I need to know more about it before it comes back into my most wanted. So his reason, I've always enjoyed the characters and story in Fire Emblem plus the permanent death. Yeah. Curious to all the mystery with this crossover since we haven't received much information about this game. I agree with you, David. Uh, it Disappearing the way that it has has a lot of us concerned. Zelda Wii U is his other choice. After hearing about the side missions, I got really interested. I'm hoping that they aren't just the usual fetch this from one end of the world to the other. Hopefully, this there is a chain and some story in it. Also, I wouldn't be surprised, just to piggyback his point, fast travel. Fast travel is going to be in there. A link Between Worlds had fast travel, dude. There's no way you're going to be playing Zelda Wii U without fast travel. Mark my words. Like, that has to be a thing. For sure. And Xenoblade Chronicles 3DS... The chance to play this game on the go is huge. Plus, it's a very long game. I also feel it's easy for me to play on the 3DS controller over the Wii controller. You had a couple of controller options on Wii, but, um, you know, I, I mean, you could use a Pro Controller on that. But regardless, it does make... Uh, a long games make a lot of sense to me as portable games because whenever you have downtime, just open them right up. I totally agree. I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to playing that on 3DS as well. Cool. I uh, can't wait to get more. I got an email from uh, Dermot Cregan. 
Um, you know, he picks uh, pretty much the same games, but, you know, has some very well-written thought, uh, thoughts about it. Like uh, his number three, Star Fox. And he's saying the scrapes just passed Xenoblade uh, and Mario Maker purely because Miyamoto himself has his hands on it every day. Um, and, you know, whether the gamepad proves to be revolutionary for the series remains to be seen, but I trust Miyamoto to produce a return to form for Fox. Totally with you. Number two is Splatoon, you know, for the same reasons. Um, he also says it appears to have shades of Super Mario Sunshine and Galaxy. And it's uh, also great to see Nintendo putting real emphasis on its online infrastructure and letting younger designers explore uh, their ideas. Yeah. Totally agree. Number one, what a surprise. Zelda Wii U. Uh, I think, you know, everybody <laughs> shares the excitement over the open world and kind of like the, the wide vistas and, and just the amount of secrets that could be looming uh, in that <sighs> yeah, world. Yeah, those vistas look mm-hmm. so good. All right. Next email from Terry J. Harris. He is number one is Splatoon. It's a brand new IP with a ton of potential. It better have online voice chat. We asked them in E3, and they they didn't freeze up, but they didn't really want to address it yet. They were still figuring it out. It, I, I sincerely hope, uh, if not Nintendo of America or someone's giving feedback to NCL who's making this game, that this needs voice chat. Communication is key if that's what you want for a competitive shooter. Uh, but we'll see. It's, yeah, especially when you're working together. Yeah. Right? I mean, granted, yeah. there's very easy ways to tell you're winning based on the number of yeah. p- the amount of paint. And I think they're leaning on that a little for if they decide to back away from voice mm-hmm. communication. But still, that's not enough. It's, it's much better to experience teamwork in conversation. I, I mean, I completely agree. It's just, it's, it wouldn't be the same if it was, again, just confined to lobbies. Mm-hmm. And I wish that they would at least give people the the choice like mm-hmm. to say hey super completely lag free turn off all voice or see if your connection can handle it and yeah. and do voice chat even if it isn't completely smooth i'd love to see that option you can put a freaking warning in it and say like it may not be optimal if you use voice chat if they can't get it yeah, um, yeah. in time all right uh, mario party 10 is number 2 sorry i only spent that on just yeah, that's good. mario party number 10 uh excuse me mario party 10 i feel like my friends and i are the only people on the planet that love mario party 9 and it's different gameplay mechanics we've been playing every game in the series since the first one so new mario party is always something for us to look forward to side note Miyamoto has sort of said um, recently that it's going to use Amiibo in interesting ways I uh-huh. hope it's not just a costume we didn't talk about that but it, Amiibo seems to be falling into that trap a lot uh-huh. Mario Party 10 better be something cool for Amiibo for the existing Amiibo that are out there like I hope it does something very rad last choice on his list or his uh, number three is Zelda Wii U while the first gameplay demo may not have bad excuse me have had the best presentation it was still something to get excited about I hope they focus on exploration and fill the world with lots to do instead of having a huge world just so that they have one loves the show it's his favorite podcast Pretty thank nice. you very much terry i got uh, david from ireland david vincent tims and he put a little german note in there saying uh du bist super cool ich denke mein deutsch mein deutsch ist scheiße it's What not too bad I'm, I'm not going to translate you guys can look it up um no but he's uh, it's very funny so he uh he he was very brief with his picks thank you very much his number one is zelda a no-brainer. I think puzzle solving will have some cool gamepad integration. Zelda always uses the hardware in awesome ways. I totally agree. Number two, Xenoblade looks incredibly expansive and Attack on Titan's music composer is writing the score. Mm. And, uh, you know, big... It's no, popular, I know what it is. Po- it's popular, popular with the kids. Popular with yeah. the kids. Yeah. Not a very good show. You, I like your, I don't hmm. like Attack I think on a lot Titan. of people would disagree with you. But a lot I, do. Yeah. A lot do. Yeah. And they have low standards. Okay. But let's keep going. And his number three is one I haven't seen yet, is Yoshi's Woolly World. Oh, um, nice. Good Because choice. sometimes we need something adorable, and that's okay. And okay. I, I agree with you, too. That game, yeah. uh, I'm... 
I, I'm really excited to play it too. So Daniel Yoon, I'm gonna read only the one that's different actually. Uh, or actually, no, he has two that are different. Uh, so his number one is Majora's Mask 3D. Why? This is actually one game I've never played, so I'm very excited about this remake. I just ordered the collector's edition, so I have one and I can put it on my mantle next to an Amiibo collection. He blames us for his obsession with Amiibos. Sorry. <laughs> a lot of my friends love this game, so I definitely want to give it a run. Splatoon is his number two. We've said enough about Splatoon. Uh, his number, he he puts a three and a three A. So I'm going to read three A because it's the one that caught my cheater. eye. He put a, a cheater, Amiibo. He put Amiibo as his third choice. Uh, it's not a game, but I'm very interested in seeing how Nintendo uh, incorporates different Amiibos within their games. Kirby and the Rainbow Course is... Uh, integrating three of the Amiibos, Yoshi's Willy World, I assume will in- integrate Yoshi and Mario in some way. Same with Mario Party 10. So I'll be following this closely. I think Amiibo is going to be a game. I think it will be like a Wii Play where you like you get a special Amiibo and then it has like a five pack of games where you can use the characters Better not or be that rinky-dink collection of uh, like... <laughs> Hopefully not as... Uh, Wii Play was not very Wii good. Wii Play was not but, very good. But I have a feeling it's going to be something like that. All but right. good good pick. Um, Austin Blakesley, we haven't had him yet, right? Okay. He had... You know, he picked... Um, he picked Splatoon for his number three, Mario Maker for his number two, but I wanted to read it because his number one is Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Nice. Uh, which is unique. Canvas Curse is one of his favorite Kirby games, and he feels uh, like a lot of people wrote it off because it was a launch game for the, the DS, and a lot of people never got to try it because it was a hard game to find by the time the DS was popular. This game is surely an experience o- only possible on the Wii U. And so, that's... Yeah, I mean, I could see it being done on kind of iOS, iPad platforms, right? Yep, yep, the yep, drawing yep. mechanic. But yeah, certainly on consoles, it is tailor-made for the Wii stylus is a lot thinner than your finger. That's right. Yeah, and it's not going to get in your way. Yep. All right, so before we close out the show, and thank you very much. We got a ton of emails. I'm sorry if there's we didn't so read yours, but there's we really appreciate Yeah, there's a lot. I do want to jump back half a second really quick, Pear, because there's something we forgot to mention when we were talking about our 2014 sort of analysis of Nintendo. Amiibo? Amiibo. Yeah. Amiibo! Good point, yeah. yeah. By the way, good news. I know you guys have all been waiting for it, but I, I'm complete, too. I'm complete, too. I'm complete. Brian is we're both complete. complete. Is he? Brian is complete. Yeah, we're yeah, all complete. we so, all finished it. So, I came in first, by the way. So to those, you were first, but you were very dedicated, too, like taking tra- train trips to Emeryville. Mm-hmm. And nobody goes to Emeryville. Uh, my friends live in Emeryville. How um, dare you? But no, it was, it was a hunt. It was not easy. Was. And like I was really worried that I would not get a pit and I would have to pay some evil scalper 60 bucks on uh, online or buy it from eBay. But GameStop came through where one day I check out GameStop.com and look at... Um, look at the stores and it was they eight stores had pits available non online you had to go to a store called them up and said hey guys can you put one aside for me and they said nope <laughs> nope, and so no. yeah I, I jumped into my my pair copter and, and got there really that really fast no seriously and like you you're like oh no they, they and they said we have one left I was so evil. So and so they didn't worry. So you made it? I made it. Yeah. Wow. I made it. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 and they said, they're like, oh, so many people called in and asked to put one aside and that wouldn't be fair. And I'm like, okay, fine. So if, uh, if a very expensive car sped by you in Marin, it Whatever. may have been paired. <laughs> I'm sure I drove a minivan. <laughs> okay. Got it. But All Amiibo, right. yeah, that was, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a good thing and it was a terrible thing. Yeah. So it had a strong, you know, out of the gate. The lineup was there. Everyone was excited. A lot available. And then we found out, hmm, some of these were not as mass-produced as others. Or at least we want to believe that because 
no one can find them unless you went to Nintendo World Store in New York where they had extra shipments of Marth's villagers. Really? And Wii Fit Trainers. Yeah. All the did. time or just kind of I don't know about all the time, but the store has a Twitter feed and they were tweeting out, hey, we've got these in again, limit one per customer. Wow. So people went in and if you were tourist in New York around the time, you got what you wanted. Um, but around the world, you were also either, like some people followed our advice, Germany. they imported them either from Germany or from Europe or from Japan. Um, I imported a Marf from Japan, actually. It just showed up the other day. You did? Yeah, a second one. Hmm. Uh, don't ask. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was both really, you know. Marsu! It, it showed confidence in that Nintendo could enter the Toys to Life market and that it would be successful. I mean, they've almost already sold. They have to have sold over a million of these things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had just 700,000 last time they gave reported numbers. But at the same time, the the lack of information on Wave 2 and how split up Wave 2 was was a really bad way to I think they ru- I, I, I think they hurt themselves yeah. significantly because whenever, whenever I went into Toys R Us mm-hmm. and I checked the... You know, the same figurines were up there, and I could see some of the like the comments. Yeah, the comments were always up there, and like whenever new figures came in, like the next day they were all gone, which just told me there was more demand for some of the uncommons than Nintendo expected. And like I, it's it's sad. Like I always saw people kind of like lingering and like looking around. It's like, oh, did somebody accidentally put a Marth in the uh, Skylanders uh, rack? Or you know, you know, I they, went to a store under that same. I, I I was operating under that philosophy of thinking did someone misplace some of these? Yeah, and I would go check. That's scary. So at Best Buy, all the um all the uh, the uncommons were in a shopping cart. And not hanging at the uh, at the stand, so oh, okay. like it's always good to look around. Yeah, some poor people. I stole them all out of somebody's shopping cart. No, it was the cart that they used to actually you were like put the, the stuff, with the put the stuff oh, up. Okay. You know, like yeah. they sometimes aren't bothering to hang stuff up. No, I've seen that. But That's how I found those Luigi's. You have to ask people, even if it's annoying, and like somebody goes, "Amigo, what?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any other any other fun close co- close calls like Pit? No, uh, I didn't have any. Pitt was a pain in the butt um, with Captain Falcon. Like I had pre-ordered Captain Falcon uh, ages ago on Amazon, and like it just kept on getting delayed and delayed, and mm-hmm. finally shipped. And so, of course, by that time, I, I think I already had an extra. I have two Captain Falcons now. Two, I have two uh, little Max too. Just because you you get paranoid, right? That your original pre-order is not going to be fulfilled by someone because it keeps on getting delayed That's and right. delayed. Yeah. And, yep. But yeah. I'm complete now, and now, of course, we have to deal with the uh, the Rosalina pre-order <sighs> mayhem. So, you know, yeah. to those who aren't familiar with it, there are four store exclusives that you have to um, you have to get at at different stores in the United States, mm-hmm. at least. So we're, we're going to have to go on the hunt again. Yeah, yeah. soon. I like the. I, it's a well deserved rest, though. But yeah, Nintendo. It looks like it was a success. Hopefully, Wave Three is not this botched. I hope that the feedback goes back through NOA to NCL. Like, what the heck, guys? Yeah. This is not good. We need this product to do well. And even if it's sold, like, you don't want to inconvenience customers like that. You just you don't. Like, what happened with Toys R Us where they canceled all the Lucario pre-orders? Yeah. And then they emailed us back and said, "We're sorry, it was an error. Yeah. You can pre-order them again." So bad. It was man. a real bummer. And yeah. so, I mean, the only thing, uh, I, I mean, good for some stores like Best Buy, Games, GameStop, Toys R Us, what have you, Target. It's like I walked into GameStop, picked up the pit and said, and immediately placed a pre-order for the entire wave, right? I, I made sure. I'm like, hey, can you check which ones I've pre-ordered? You know, and 
Yeah. So I got them all. I'm pretty. By the way, anyone who uh, stopped me at some of these stores to say hi and you listen to the podcast, thank you very much. Oh, really? You ran into people? I I always run into people when I'm. I kind of get afraid of going near the Amiibo section anymore because I, especially if I'm hanging out with a certain member who works here. Always run into someone. Thanks a lot for that. Um, It's very, very nice of you to, you know, be be so polite and say what's up. That's hilarious. All right. And that's our show this week. Brian Altano, you know where to find him. Agent Bizzle. Uh, As always, thank you very much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chart. We are a weekly show on IGN. We are aiming for keeping the Thursday tradition alive. It's also another podcast I'm involved in, but it has nothing to do with Nintendo, so I'm not pimping that here. Uh, we're going to have Pear on at some point really? to share his story. You can tell people what it is, right? Uh, it's about Destiny. Do? It's oh, okay. called Fire Team Chat. Okay. And it's, uh, well, why did we put the chat in it? I don't know. Uh-huh. It's Fire Team Chat, IGN's Destiny podcast. Destiny's uh-huh. going to be around for a while. Uh, I got the bug over the break. I helped Pear get the bug over the break. We did some rating. It's been a lot of fun. We also have a ton of other content, not Destiny-related, but actually Nintendo-related, on the site. So head over to IGN.com. It helps pay the bills. It helps us keep podcasts like this coming out to you. Like I said earlier, uh, if you like the show, leave us feedback. You can email us at mvc at IGN.com. Tell us what you think. Leave us a review on iTunes. That always helps with visibility as well. And look forward to more really interesting ideas in 2015. We had a brainstorming meeting where we are going to be trying for some cool stuff. Stuff we can't talk about just yet. You can find Pear at Pear IGN on Twitter, and you can find me, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you very much for listening, and welcome back to another exciting year of Nintendo Voice Chat. This is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.